But more important than the result of any election that we've ever experienced in the United States is our election that we have in Christ Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. Well, a special th- shout out to our worship team for making it in this morning after a snow in day and even a few people here in the sanctuary. I also want to thank our media team, volunteers, and our staff uh, who are making this possible this morning. Thank you for tuning in online as well, and I pray it will be a great time of worship for you. These past couple of weeks have been difficult ones for our church family. Several from our church have gone on to be with the Lord, some from COVID, some from some other health issues. And then early this morning, I learned that our longtime former pastor, Rod Masteller, uh, succumbed to the virus and has gone to be with Jesus as well. Please be praying for his wife, Linda, his daughters, uh, Michelle and Kim, Crystal and Heather, the grandchildren, the extended family, and all the countless lives have been touched through his ministry all these years. Well, it's hard to believe that we're halfway through December, almost there to Christmas, and we want to remind you we will still continue to have our Christmas Eve services this year. There are three opportunities. We've made that available so we could safely distance. We do ask that you would register online so that we can make sure that there are enough seats for everyone. We've limited capacity to 200 people. You can go online, as you can see there on the slide, at pcbc.tv and reserve your seats today. Please, if uh, for some reason you can't make that obligation, please email us back in and free those seats up. But we look forward to celebrating with you this Christmas Eve. Well, today we are going to continue in our sermon series. Uh, It's good for me to be out of isolation. I, too, have been fighting off COVID. My wife is currently fighting it off as well. Please be praying for her. Uh, We have come to today's sermon that I started several weeks ago before I came down with COVID. And we'll pick pick up where we left off with the election results. Well, a lot of bad intel came out over these election cycles. Uh, You know, we were told the virus was supposed to be gone once the election was completed. Uh, That is fake news. The virus is still here. We were also supposed to know the results of the election by now, and still that is greatly being debated and being fought over in legal battles all over the election results. Throughout our history as a nation, this isn't the first cycle, as I talked about last time, where we've had bad election results or confusing election results or difficult results. Traces all the way back to some of our very first elections, all the way back even into the 1700s. It was also because of the election of 1800 that we had to redetermine how we would do our electoral college. Back in those days, uh, the electoral college would cast the votes. The top vote getter would be the president. The second vote getter would become the vice president. As back in 1800, that Thomas Jefferson would finally Uh, come out as the front leader to become the president, the third president of the United States. It was greatly debated. It was a difficult election. It caused a lot of consternation for our nation and a whole uh, 12th amendment was put together to predetermine or to determine how we would select our leaders in the days ahead. 
It was so greatly contested that over that time, uh, Aaron Burr would be the one who would become a running mate. It was through this difficult cycle of picking that Alexander Hamilton would end up picking Jefferson over Burr that would lead to eventually, actually, a duel between the two that would take Hamilton's life all over an election. In 1872, we highlighted the first woman to ever run for president, even though she couldn't vote for herself. Her running mate, an African-American, which was also incredibly controversial at the time. And then another candidate throughout that entire race, known as Horace Greeley. Horace Greeley would uh, try to unseat President Ulysses S. Grant along with the woman candidate as well. Greeley would snag 44% of the popular vote and would be the only candidate ever in our history to die before the Electoral College was cast. We've had a number of unusual elections in our nation's history. One that was tried to be determined in the press uh, was between James Blaine and Grover Cleveland. You can see the headline here. Uh, you can see the graphic that was designed. One of the ways they tried to determine this election of who was most qualified to become the president of the United States was not based on their political platform, but actually a phrenological perspective. You say, what's a phrenological perspective? Well, in those days, it was a pseudoscience which involved the measurements of bumps on the skull to predict the mental acuity of the candidate. And there they posted in the papers all across our nation the skulls of those particular candidates. And that was supposed to get us invigorated for who we should vote for. Now, those are crazy, crazy examples of election results in our nation's history. But more important than the result of any election that we've ever experienced in the United States is our election that we have in Christ Jesus. I want us really to focus in on who we are in Christ these days, not who's going to be in the White House, but who lives in our house, who lives in our hearts. So if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Let's take a look at the election results that cannot be debated, the election results that are eternal, and the election results that make a difference in your life and mine. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Underline that phrase, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him, there's the election. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. The election was determined on Christ, the man of salvation, the plan of salvation. And for those who are in Christ, we are greatly blessed, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Uh, look at those election results. Look at what Paul was saying to these believers, getting them to understand not only were they saved, but there was more to those uh, results of their election in Christ. They were made now holy, and they could now appear before a holy God, blameless, not because of anything they had done, but because of all that Christ had accomplished. Look at verse 5. He predestined us as for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. 
In him, verse 7, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, the grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Go to verse 9. Now making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, here's the key. Now watch what Paul goes on to teach about our election results in verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Circle that phrase as well. Mark it down. And let's dig into this concept of what does it mean that we have obtained an inheritance? An inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. This morning as we dig into these election results, it's my observation after all these years of ministry that many people are familiar with these passages but are not uh, experiencing the results of their election. Understanding that they're holy and blameless before God and understanding that we have an inheritance, an inheritance that has been uh, purchased for us through Christ and all that is in him that is now in us. Flip over to 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1. Instead of getting all discouraged about the current election, we need to be excited about our eternal election. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope. Again, we see the results of the new life that we have in Christ, that what he elected before the foundation of the world, a way that we might be made holy and blameless, that which would be ours through Christ, is now that which is fulfilled in us. It is according to his great mercy that he has caused us to be born again to this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To, look at verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for who? For you. That election that was cast before the foundation of the world that was accomplished 2,000 years ago at a cross through the resurrection of Jesus Christ is now the results that are available to you for those who trust in Christ by faith. For those who look to this Christ, they receive an inheritance. Look at this again in verse 4, which is imperishable, number one. It's imperishable. It is inexhaustible. There may be some of you who are viewing that have received an inheritance in the past from a family member. And maybe that inheritance has already uh, been spent or exhausted. The Bible says this inheritance, the result of your election in Christ, is imperishable, inexhaustible. Number two, it says it's undefiled. It cannot be tainted. It cannot be disputed. It is perfect and it is holy. It is this election that we have in Christ that allows us to stand and declare ourselves as blameless, not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done. The third thing about our inheritance is it's unfading, undiminishing. It cannot fade off over time, but it is that which is ours for all eternity. And then the beautiful thing it says about our inheritance is this. It is kept for us 
in heaven. There's so many people today who struggle, who've heard the gospel, who have trusted Christ for their salvation, who believe that with all their heart, that that's the only way that they can get to heaven, and yet they still struggle wondering, have I lost that reward? Have I lost my election? Uh, Has it faded out of my heart? No, the Bible says it is kept by God. It is in his hands, not ours. It is eternally secure for all eternity. The Bible goes on to say that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be an heir, to have this inheritance? Well, on this earth, we understand inheritances, and they've gotten rather bizarre over the years. Here are some examples of some inheritances that maybe you have not read about. Michael Jackson, uh, the king of pop, left $2 million to his chimpanzee, Bubbles. Bubbles, the chimpanzee, inherited $2 million from his beloved owner. Well, there are more than that. There's Gugu the chicken or Gugu the hen. Did you know about Gigu or Gigu? Or I, don't, I can't even pronounce the hen's name. But boy, I'd like to know this hen. $10 million was left to take care of Miles Blackwell's prized hen. Many of you remember the heritage, uh, Leona Helmsley. Upon her death in 2007, it would become uh, magnified in all the news as, as, as her grandchildren would fight over her estate because she left $12 million to her precious dog, Trouble. And that caused a lot of trouble within the family. Eventually, they would declare $2 million would be sufficient to groom and care for the puppy, and the rest was split between the grandkids and charity. Oprah Winfrey, who Brother Sean had preached uh, recently about, has left $30 million in her estate. She once said that if her home ever caught fire, the number one possession that she would go after is the photo albums of her five dogs. They mean so much to her that she has left $30 million to take care of them if anything ever happens to her. You look at these inheritances and you come to realize that there are critters that have a better awareness of their inheritance than even we as Christians that are experiencing that inheritance when so many who have a greater inheritance and eternal inheritance in Christ Jesus and yet we do not understand the realm of our inheritance. That's not the first time we've seen it in history. History seems to repeat itself. It goes all the way back to the example we have in the Old Testament. There was Israel in bondage there in Egypt. Pharaoh, who knew not Joseph after 400 years, now had this nation enslaved. They cried out to God for their deliverance. And what we see in the Old Testament is a picture of what would be accomplished through Messiah, Jesus, in the New Testament. We look back over that story, we see so many parallels between what happened in their history and what happens in many people's history today. They would cry out to God and they would cry for their freedom to be delivered from the bondage that they were in. God would hear their cries and he would deliver them and he would give them their freedom. He would save them from their bondage. That would be a picture, obviously, of our heart cry We too were in bondage to the Pharaoh of our souls, Satan. We too were trapped in sin and and the wages of that sin was death and that was our eternal 
inheritance at that point. But as we cry out to God for his forgiveness, he is one to set us free. He saves us. And in that moment, we are delivered just like Israel. But if you go back and you study Israel's history, you find that they settled for their salvation from Pharaoh, but lived as paupers in the wilderness. They would spend year after year after year wandering in the wilderness, even, God, even though God had said, I've given you a land, I've given you Canaan, I've given you a promised land, it's all yours, it's your inheritance. And yet the generation of Moses would never set foot in the promised land. There are many people today who live like Israel of the Old Testament. They are willing to settle for their salvation. They're thankful that God has saved them from their sin, and yet they remain paupers in the wilderness rather than living as children of the king in the inheritance that is theirs as co-heirs with Christ. Let me prove it to you. Most that I talk to today would declare to me in a false humility, thinking it's a, a, a real humility, they'll declare, I'm just not worthy. I'm just a sinner. I'll never be anything for the kingdom. Yes, I'm glad God has saved me, but, but I'm just a nobody. That's the complete opposite of what God has declared in Scripture and in your inheritance in Christ the Bible declares we are children of the king. And we are not professing what we are to be possessing. While we may say things with our lips, yes, I'm saved, we are not possessing all that we have in Christ Jesus. We are children of the king. The Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God. We're a royal priesthood. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so few people understand the election results. Willing to wander in this wilderness. Willing to just settle for a false humility that we are less than God's best. I'm not here to play semantics or word games. I'm here just to declare the word of God. To open our eyes to all that is ours through Christ Jesus. It would take a whole other generation to learn in Israel's history. If you have your Bibles, let's look very quickly this morning. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. A whole generation, Moses' generation, that would miss out on their inheritance. Many today in the body of Christ that are missing out on their inheritance as well. Joshua chapter 1, listen to the counsel of God in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I'm giving them to the people of Israel. This is not new news. This is God reminding them of who they are called to be. Spending way too many years in the wilderness when they should have been in the land of promise. And he reminds them, you've got to cross that river. You've got to go over the Jordan. You've got to move from where you are to where I have called you to be. This place that I am giving to you. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give it to you. 
just as I promised to Moses. Again, this was not a new inheritance. This is the inheritance. He's trying to shepherd them into the fullness of all that God had for them. Not just deliverance from Pharaoh, but to experience an abundant life through Christ. Verse 4. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. We look at verse 4 and we see it was a vast inheritance. It was a bountiful inheritance. It was a huge land and a huge territory of provision. Verse 5, and no man shall stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. As we move from just experience salvation in Christ to experiencing our inheritance in Christ, we have this promise that God is the one who sustains us, and God is the one who is with us, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. He goes on to say, so be strong and courageous, For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong, be very courageous, be careful to do according to all the the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. God clearly, again, speaks into this generation and he says, I have an inheritance for you. It is an inheritance that you are to step into. It's an inheritance that is yours to claim, but you must move forward in faith. He would say all that is yours is wherever you drop your foot, wherever you go, wherever you are, I will be with you and it shall be yours. And yet like a Moses generation, there are many who simply don't walk into the land. There are many who continue to live just in in, in their salvation but not in the fullness of all that God has. There are others that squander their inheritance. Instead of walking by faith, they walk by sight. There are others who sour their inheritance. Instead of walking according to God's word, they turn to the right, they turn to the left, they turn to their own ways, they turn to the ways of the world, rather than just being obedient to the leadership and the provision of God. He says, don't turn from the left, Don't turn to the right, and when you stay in that straight way, success is yours. Well, if we were to go on and understand all of these things, it's time to cross that Jordan for many of us. It's time for us to leave behind a weak faith, an inadequate faith, and seize our inheritance in Christ. What is that inheritance? Flip over to 2 Peter 1, verses 3-4. through I started putting this sermon series together several weeks ago. I asked Dan Allen to do some research, one of our Bible teachers, ABF leaders. He loves to dig in on the scriptures, and he sent me a list of 92 benefits. 92 benefits that he discovered that is ours in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-4, through 4, sum it up this way, though. Here's our inheritance. That God's divine power has granted to us, those are uh, us there are those who are in Christ Jesus, has granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us everything through the knowledge of him who's called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious 
and very great promises, the inheritance, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Yes, God has saved us from our sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But he has saved us not only from our sin of the past, but he's also saved us into an inheritance that is glorious for this day and for all days yet to come. He has given us, according to his divine power, everything we need for life and godliness. I remember when I got saved, I used to think, man, I'm so grateful God saved me. Now I've got to do all these things to prove to God I was worthy of that sacrifice. Only to realize it's nothing I can do. I don't build the inheritance. I inherit what he has built. The same will happen in my family. Uh, I will receive from my parents an inheritance that they built with their own hands, not with mine. That's why it's called an inheritance. And today I stand before you, yes, forgiven. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your forgiveness. But in his forgiveness, Jesus said, I also came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Let me try to illustrate it this way. Uh, If we could see the, the drum cage over here to the side, many of you may not be aware of this. Our very own Tom Duckett built that with his own hands. It is a marvel of engineering. Uh, you could live a small family of three or four right here in this drum cage. As a matter of fact, we may rent it out on Airbnb for mission funding or something, but it's glorious, it's incredible, it's well-equipped, it is secure. And a drummer, when they're in there, they are in hog heaven. You're a drummer. Let that drum cage represent our salvation. Our salvation, which is safe and secure in Christ Jesus. Uh, When you are saved... You aren't just saved for a season, for a moment, or as long as you are a good boy and good girl. You are safe and secure in Christ Jesus. That is the spiritual blessing, the beginning of the inheritance. The Bible says God has given us more than just a salvation. He's given us more than just a get out of prison and a card, a go go to heaven free card. He's given us all we need for life and godliness. So now open up the whole stage. Now look at this whole uh, real estate that's represented within this stage. And we find that there are way too many people that settle simply for the drum cage. Simply excited that they've been saved from their sin. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody wants to go to hell. And yet we're willing to live on this earth like Moses' generation in a wilderness, missing out on all of this that is ours in Christ Jesus, the holiness of God, the blamelessness of God, the divine nature of God, the ability to live victorious over sin, those are the election results. Yet there's way too many people just living right over here on the other side of Jordan, saved from their sin, but missing out on their inheritance. How many of us are going to settle for less than what God has provided? How many of us are willing to miss out on all that God has accomplished and given to you in the inheritance? Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, my message to you is this. Arise, go over this Jordan. Take possession of the larger inheritance. Take possession of it all. Seek after holiness. 
Follow on to know the Lord. Be not satisfied until you are conformed into his image, who is the firstborn among many brethren. Aspire to the utmost God can give you. You have not seen the goodly heights of Lebanon, and yet you are satisfied to stop at Jericho by the river's brink. As if the conquest of one city has satisfied your soul, gird on your harness. Go forth in the fight, for the Lord is with you and the land is before you. Don't settle for just a piece of the inheritance, but understand all that is ours through Christ. Joshua 1, 13, I'll put it on the screen, says this. Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. That inheritance was much more than just deliverance from Egypt. It was a provision for a place in which they would experience life. Life abundantly and it would be eternal as well. It was known as the land of milk and honey. It was full of everything they would ever need and ever want. It's interesting, Spurgeon would go on to point out that as they would, Joshua's generation would walk into this promised land, they would walk into a, a, a provision that they didn't even have to build with their own hands. There were already dwelling places in the land from previous inhabitants. There was already all the bounty of the land. There were already crops that they didn't have to plant. There was already uh, ore that they could already, that had already been mined that was now theirs. All of it was provided as their inheritance. What they did not build, what they did not work for, but what they inherited. So today, I encourage you, Quit trying to work it out. Quit trying to work your way up. Instead, simply receive all that Christ has for you. Too many people have settled for pennies when God has provided great treasures. Too many people live in a spiritual poverty that was never designed to be Instead of the riches of who Christ has made us to be. And I close with these verses. Listen in. Second Corinthians, here's the riches. Does this sound like pennies to you? Take a look at it. Second Corinthians 5.21 For God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that in Christ, here's our inheritance, in him we might become sinners, just saved by grace. Somebody who's not worthy, but thankful no the bible says that we might become the righteousness of god ephesians 2 4 but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ for by grace we've been saved and we've been raised up seated with him in the heavenly places that speaks of our position our inheritance we're not lowly sinners walking through this world trying to make our way to heaven. We have been raised up with Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realm. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Why? So that he might be able to show the immeasurable riches of his grace towards us in Christ Jesus. Turn over to Psalm chapter 24 and see your inheritance. An inheritance is that which is passed on by one who has built up the inheritance. And what is it that is passed on to you and me? The psalmist in Psalm 24 declares it. 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell within it. Everything belongs to the Lord. All of that is the inheritance. And our Heavenly Father, who so loved you before the foundation of the world, elected a way for you to have this inheritance. That those who would place their faith in Christ and Christ alone, they could become the children of God. And because they are now children of God, they become heirs of the inheritance. And what do we inherit? All that belongs to the Lord. And what belongs to the Lord? All. All that is in this world and even beyond. Verse 4. And he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord, righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God. You can be a Moses generation and be thankful that you were delivered from Pharaoh. You can live as paupers in this wilderness known as earth. Or you can be a generation a generation that seeks the face of God. A generation that declares that they are the children of God and take in the full inheritance that is theirs through Christ Jesus. That's why David was able to say, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want for anything. For I have all I have ever needed. And God has given me everything according to his riches and glory. Everything I need for life and for godliness. Because I'm a child of the king. Are you a child of the king? Are you a part of that inheritance? Do you know those election results? Let's pray about it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I invite you right now to seek the face of God. I invite you right now to look not just to God as a ticket to heaven but to look to him as your inheritance. That everything you need for life, everything you need for holiness, everything you need to be blameless before a holy God is found in Christ Jesus. It's not found in the works of your hands. It's not found by being in church. It's found by being in the one who died for the church. So my question today for you is, are you a child of the king? Has there been a time in your life where you've declared that you were a sinner, that you needed to be saved? You may be familiar with the name of Jesus, but is he the savior of your life? If you've never trusted Christ right now, I would encourage you right where you are to cry out to him and say, Lord, save me. Lord, I need life. I need godliness. Lord, I need you to save me. The Bible says that if that would be your prayer, if you would call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says for those who call on his name, he allows them to become a new creature, a new creation. We want to celebrate with you this morning just like the angels that are rejoicing now over your salvation. I hope that you would reach out to our online pastor and just say, I just now prayed with pastor or you can email us at ministry at pcbc.tv. Let us know that today, today 
you have an inheritance. Today, you now know the election results, all that Christ has done for you. Let me pray for us this morning. Father God, thank you for these truths. God, thank you that we don't have to worry about our election results, that we don't have to fear that they might be tainted or or twisted or perverted, but God, you have given us uh, an election result that is undisputed, undefiled, It will never, ever, ever be robbed or stolen from us. And God, we declare that not in our own merits, but we declare that because that is the truth of your word. Thank you for the abundance that is ours through Christ. And Lord, may we now walk in this land, crossing that Jordan River, walking in the land of promise, declaring that you are our king and that we live as children of the king. God, may that be for your glory and for your namesake. For we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.